Hey, welcome back to the Comedy Castle podcast. I'm Joel Fragamenti. Going to tell you what's going on this week at the Comedy Castle. And I'm going to be talking to Paul Mercurio, our headliner this weekend. Paul is, um, <laughs> what can I say about Paul? He's, uh, he's a unique talent, lots of energy. Uh, I think one of the most entertaining comics around. It's always a fun week when Paul's here. Uh, so we'll get to that interview. I like I, I know Paul a little bit, so I think it made for a nice talk, although I'm trying to decide if I've spoken less on this show than I do in this Mercurio interview. <laughs> Maybe Matt Bronger, I think, might might have uh, <laughs> might have spoken a little more than I did. But, you know, you love listening to Paul because he's great. So let's get in. let's get into the week before we get into the interview. Uh, on Tuesday, October tenth, here the Detroit to LA comedy competition. That's a bunch of usually newcomers. I'm looking at this list. These people have a couple years of experience. I think most of them, and there a lot of them are really funny. The ones that I know, anyway. So always fun to come to the Detroit to LA comedy competition. That's seven thirty p.m. Uh, Wednesday, we've got a little bit of a different show for you. Updating is coming. It is a live dating experience. Uh, it is two real singles. And the hosts, Brendan Berman and Harrison Foreman, they're comedians from New York City, and they do a little dating show. I see a picture of it on our website here, and <laughs> it's, it, it could be different. Uh, it could be fun. So if you like those dating shows, that reality thing, you could come see it live this Wednesday. That's also at 7.30 p.m. And then uh, Paul Mercurio is Thursday to Saturday. Uh, the Thursday show this week, however, is a fundraiser. So if you're planning on coming on Thursday, keep that in mind. It's the uh, 13th Annual Furniture Bank of Southeastern Michigan fundraiser. Uh, it's always uh, the, the, the Furniture Bank is a great charity that uh, gives furniture to those who cannot afford it or need it. And uh, yeah, they're, they're great people. We, they've been there many years and I worked their fundraiser and I will be this year as well. Uh, so yeah, now tickets are a little more expensive. They're $80 each, but you do get the buffet dinner and uh, there's a live auction and a 50, 50 raffle as well. So if you want to see Paul and have a nice meal, maybe you come out on Thursday, support the furniture bank uh, 6 PM our doors for that because we're doing dinner. And then the show will be, I don't know, at 7.30 or, you know, probably the usual time. And then uh, Friday and Saturday, two shows each night, 7.15 and 9.45 on Friday, 7 p.m. and 9.30 on Saturday. If you want to see Paul Mercurio. And, oh, we got good openers, too. Yeah, it's it's Andrew Zoback and Nick Lydorf. Nick's, uh, Nick's awesome. He's an attorney and... Uh, he does talk about being an attorney on stage. You know, some of these attorney comics, <laughs> there's more than you might think, because some of them don't talk about being an attorney on stage. And uh, maybe that's because they know what people think about attorneys. <laughs> we don't like them generally, but Nick Lydorf's a, a nice guy, and Andrew's a funny young dude. So uh, it's going to be great shows with Paul this weekend. We just finished a very busy week at the Comedy Castle. Uh, thanks to everyone who came out. We had um, Keith Alberstadt, who's just a riot. And I told Keith after the show, I said, uh, on Saturday night, I said, you are what all comics really should aspire to be in that every single joke works. There's no duds. There's no, hey, I'm doing this one for me. Or, hey, I, I thought this would be a funny improv while I was up here and it doesn't land. It's 
high quality crafted jokes and they all hit. So if you see, if you got to see Keith this weekend, you saw a wonderful show. Uh, shout out to Chris Young who featured and did an excellent job. And uh, so we're thinking about Chris. He had a death in the family over the weekend and he still did his shows. What a pro. I mean, Chris Young, come on. That was awesome. And uh, we had Robin Shaw last night. Now, if you don't know Robin Shaw, and, and yeah, you missed her show. It was on Sunday. And, um, you know, I by not doing a show last week, I was not feeling well. I didn't do a show, but uh, we did not get a chance to hype it. But Robin Shaw is a <laughs> sort of makes TikTok and Instagram videos and uh, is very funny. Uh, almost entirely female audience for Robin show. And uh, she did a bit about, she was interviewed by Oprah Winfrey for some webcast Oprah was doing. And I swear to God, it was so funny. And she made Oprah look like a complete idiot, which some of us think that already. So <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed Robin's show. But yeah, let's talk about Paul Mercurio. Let's get into it. I mean, Paul, if, if you don't know Paul or you're not familiar with his work, uh, he has uh, appeared on or worked on uh, all kinds of shows. He has an Emmy and a Peabody Award for his writing on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He is currently working on that show. Uh, his podcast is called Inside Out. You'll hear us talk about that. Uh, he's been a guest on Fox, uh, CNN, CBS Sunday Morning. Um, he is currently he's he is hosting Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Of all things, that guy. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson, but hey, man, if Paul's on it, I should start listening to that one. And he just shot a movie. He's got some great stories from the movie as well. Uh, but, you know, the thing about Paul that I love and, and I get to it a little bit in, in the interview um, is you never know what's going to happen. He'll jump right into the crowd. He's talking to everybody. But he's talking to it's 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 interesting in that it's not typical crowd work. It is not. He is getting to know people as if he was getting to know them at a party or getting to know them at a work function. Um, but, you know, coming, uh, you know, approaching it with this energetic uh, uh, and very personable style you know, Paul is he's, he's from New York City, but I think he's originally from Providence, Rhode Island. So he's got that whole East Coast Italian thing going on for him uh, that, that you'll see. And uh, really, really terrific act. Again, one of my favorites. Every single show is different. That is a thing. Now, he does have material that he does. It is not all crowd work, but uh, the material is different every night. Uh, the materials can be the same, but the show is different because of that audience interaction. And uh, he will also tell you about his one-man show uh, called Permission to Speak. And the collaborators that he has uh, for this thing are really unbelievable. You'll hear my... I did not know that when uh, we started doing the interview, who uh, was directing his one-man show. But when he tells you, it might blow you away. Uh, it did to me, and it just shows that, uh, you know, Paul is a guy that good, talented people gravitate towards. People that you know want Paul working for them or being on their show because he's that good. And uh, you'll hear him coming up right now. Let's throw it to the interview with Paul Mercurio.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line, it is a pleasure to have Paul Mercurio here with me. One of my favorites. Paul, how are you today? I'm great, buddy. How are you? It's, I'm very well, man. And it's, uh, you know, I, I, I see you uh, every, what, year, year and a half, pandemic yeah. screwed that up, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of our favorite acts, I think, amongst our staff and our audience. I oh, think that's, that's safe to, to say. say. I hey. mean... That means a lot. That club's got a long history, so I really appreciate that. And I'm going to give you the fifty dollars that I told you I would for saying that when I see you. That's perfect. That, days. I will <laughs> happily take your fifty dollars. But um, no, I was just saying to you, like it's one of my favorite clubs to go to because everybody, the staff, everybody, Dave, everybody's great, and we get to hang out, and you know, we go around. And you take me to press, which is nice, yeah. and you catch up and. It just feels like going, you know, being home, you know, like it's like, I, and I, you know, it's just, and the crowds are great and people come back. I got, you know, repeat business. It's nice to have people come back. That means a lot. I'm doing the furniture bank thing again. Yeah. This it's year. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm a furniture guy. I grew up in a furniture business. So it's in my DNA, baby. I got to <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, the I, I got a definitely ways to go, but let's talk about the press things that you brought it up because mm. when comics come to Detroit, and, and mm. God bless these guys. And some guy, you know, they're selling it out and maybe they don't, you know, whatever. Nobody works harder than you with the local promotion that, you know, that's not a Detroiter. That's not here year round. You hit all these shows. I mean, I got my email from your manager last week and it was like, whoa, we're doing all these. And then even if I'm not driving you to the thing, you're doing it on the phone. It's unbelievable. Well, some people call me a media whore. And, uh, <laughs> not me. <laughs> that's it. No, no, actually. You gently make public, love to the media. You're not. <laughs> I do. I, yeah, you know, sometimes I can get rough, but they like it that way. <laughs> they like the rough stuff. Um, well, you know what? It's like um, if you don't have talent, you got to make up for it with hard work. And that's kind of what I do. So yeah. basically, uh, no, yeah, I just think like it's the. Uh, it's weird. That's the other thing is like I have relationships at these TV shows and radio shows. I'm going on Big Jim's show, mm-hmm. uh, Big Jim O'Brien, and I'm going on uh, NBC again, live in the D. And like, and so it's like you're coming back. Come on, on. Like it's, everybody just makes you feel welcome. And and it you know it works. You know people see you and come out. And I'm not one of these guys that don't want to what will go on, but don't want to do you know jokes. Yeah. I just want to talk about like. Mm-hmm whatever and it's like yeah right that that's just what people want to hear is a comedian on a show who doesn't want to be funny yeah that's good <laughs> and, and, and then uh yeah because in these shows you know because i've had this with certain acts where they'll reach out to me or the club and they'll say hey can you make this call and then sometimes i mean i without naming names or anything they, they'll say you know we're maybe we're not interested in this act mm. And, you know, but then we go, oh, we've got, you know, this former child star. Oh, yeah, bring him in. But <laughs> right. the actual, yeah. that f- talented hot comedian who's the, right. the hot new thing. Nah, he can exactly. stay home, but we want the guy that <laughs> yeah, was on Family Ties for half Wait, a season. You have yeah. Dustin Diamond? Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we, I don't think we've actually had Dustin. I mean, he's gone yeah. now. Rest in peace, Dustin. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, um, you know, but like, I know what you mean. It's yeah, like, they don't want, co- like, it used to be morning radio was a thing. Comedians would go on, they promote, and now radio and TV, they don't even want uh, guys on anymore. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of what it is, um, is I'm very handsome. So people want to be around me. <laughs> Men want to be me. Women want to be around me. So even I'm handsome, even on radio, I'm very handsome on radio, especially I'm very handsome <laughs> for radio. Um, well, no, I think part of it for me is, you know, because I kind of have this kind of eclectic background of having 
been a lawyer and banker, worked on Wall Street, blah, blah, blah. And then I've worked on, you know, The Daily Show, The Colbert Report, now The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Like, there's stuff you can talk to me about. I think maybe that might yeah. make it, you know, whatever. But, um, but I also think, you know, they appreciate, like, just that you go in and you really try to deliver the goods, you know? Like, because... Yeah. You know, somebody's doing a four-hour morning. Can you imagine like four <laughs> hours a day, five days a week, having to do a show? Like, and then someone comes in and wants to do twenty minutes, and you can just sit back and be the host and like do some blow and just you know, call, <laughs> you know, catch up on your Venmo hooker bills. That, uh, <laughs> I wonder if Ben Cookers use Venmo. They must, right yeah, now. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't know. But Cash App. That's probably it depends. <laughs> It depends exactly. if you get them in the city or the suburbs. They may use Venmo. They may use Cash App. You never know. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, and these shows. When I go to them, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go to them with these uh, former uh, child star sitcom people, <laughs> right. and I go with you, and then you're on, and they love you, and you're, you know, they know that you're going to be really good, and you get treatment that is really they treat you so well. Because I think they know you're going to bring it. And again, I, I see these guys who we do it and they're like, eh, you know, it was all right. And, you know, well, there are some people, uh, someone said to me the other day, I did a show and they're like, you know, we have didn't mention names, but the, like more often than not, like the comics will come on and they don't really want it. They want to save it <laughs> for the audience. Yeah. Oh, really? That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, you listen, you're on there for the, so people can drive the car. Let them test drive the car, idiot. Yeah. Like, what? What are you not like, you know, you're not George Carlin. Okay. Like, you know, we're, we're in, we're in a great club and we're going to do a great show, but people need to know if they don't know, you know, some people know me and I got mm. following and I don't, but then there's people that don't, you know, I'm shocked by it. Cause I'm very funny in a household <laughs> in my house. I am. And, uh, and people in my house don't want me around, by the way, that's like the strike, <laughs> the best people that have benefited from the strike are my wife and my kid and our dog like they're just what well, can you my wife literally the other night said to me you're chewing too loudly i'm like what i go i'm eating almonds so I, i'm eating almonds, almonds in a closet now like some like iranian hostage like it's like um and the dog you know my dog finds me annoying my wife says the dog finds my voice to be annoying i'm like do i sound like a vacuum cleaner what are you talking about so it's like um but when you go, look, I think it's like anything in life. If you if you actually put some effort into something, that's half the battle and mm -hmm. people appreciate that. And then they're going to reciprocate, you know, and and I got to tell you, one of my most favorite things to do and will always be one of my most favorite things to do is morning local television. Yeah, there's just something about it. It's fun. It's loose. And then I try to um, take it off script because I know <laughs> I know the route. I know this. You, you work in the business. Do so you know? Yeah. The people who don't work in the business, it looks like, oh, it's glamorous and fun and fast paced. No, it, it, every job can get routine, even working on a TV show. So for the guy who's the cameraman at, say, Live in the D mm -hmm. or, you know, CBS affiliate or whatever, and the stage manager and the even the hosts and the director and whatever, one day becomes the next. But then if you have somebody come in and they like blow the room up in a good way, like start mm -hmm. goofing around with the cameraman or playing around with the food segment it brightens their day up because it, it, it takes them out of the monotony. And yeah. then, you know, when I take my pants off, that's always, a big <laughs> I think you've seen that the women start I've rushing and there's a lot of vomiting, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's just like, you know, I, I look at, um, I look at weekends and clubs as a very short term business relationship partnership with mm -hmm. the club. 
in all seriousness, like yeah. that's how I look at it. And if the club doesn't isn't like trying to do their side of it, then yeah. I don't I don't go back yeah. because I'm not in the business of like I've had a couple of clubs, several clubs where like I'm doing everything, they're doing nothing, and then not only did I because think about what happens if I do a lot of press for your club and you do nothing, I didn't just get you press for my weekend, I got you press for all your other acts for mm. people who go. You know, you know how many times people said to me. You know, I forgot that such and such a clubs in my town and I had a good time, but I haven't gone for five years because we had a baby and yeah. I heard you. I couldn't go your weekend, but I went another weekend. Okay, great. That's fine. But the point is like, if you had to pay for the advertising that is the equivalent to the press I got for your club, it would be five, six, seven, ten, not you. I don't mean comedy cast, yeah. but Jeff, the third person, you. It's thousands of dollars of advertising that I got for free for me and for awareness of your business. So, you know, it's sort of like, you know, it's a, it's, it's, so if everybody chips in, it's a great weekend, you know, and everybody wins. And then, you know, I go home and my family's like, oh, you're back. My, my <laughs> wife literally said like, it's like, we're home, we have a routine and then you come in and it's like a tornado hits the house. <laughs> That's just, like, how do you think I feel hearing that? Like, what the... Oh God! So and, did uh, did you tour more with the writer strike and and not making the late night show and stuff? Yeah, yeah. We, I was doing more. Although it's funny because it was a kind of a perfect shitstorm, if you will, because I um I pulled back a bit. I tend to pull back a bit in the summer just so I can be around with the family, mm-hmm. even though they don't want that. And uh, I basically have this this uh, my Broadway show permission to speak that I'm taking out on a tour nationally. And that's been a lot of ramp up for that. So we built a set that breaks down and travels with us and we're doing, you know, the graphics and animation and coordinating it. So, and so money is going out to do all of that and money stopped coming in from the late (laughs) show. Yeah. And, uh, so nobody works Chick-fil-A like I do. I can flip (laughs) a chicken patty like nobody. So I basically, you know, it was a weird time because like, and then, you know, I was still doing some stand and doing my stand up yeah. too, but, um, it just was, it, it also didn't feel like summer because, you know, like by the time we hit the summer, we've been going hard. Right. So June, July, August, especially July and August at the late show, we have two dark weeks. Um, and then for those listening, dark means like the studio is dark, not lit up. That means vacation. That's short term for vacation weeks in the business. So two in July and two in August. So you're like, ah, oh, and you feel like you earned the time off. Yeah. But like this thing started in May and it was like, I said to my wife, like, it doesn't, I don't know. I feel guilty not <laughs> doing more, you yeah. know? And and she goes, well, do you want to do more? Just shut up. How about that? That would be good for both of us. And uh, no, so I basically like, um, it was a weird, like four or five months in the beginning. And then you got to like, this is weird. And then you kind of get settled in. And then when I, when we found out we were going back you know that feeling like Sunday night when you got to go back to school? <laughs> school yeah. Movie? That's exactly what it felt. Like. <laughs> it's exactly what it felt like. Except, and then this is like getting paid really well to go to school. <laughs> and I still didn't want to go. Yeah. But, but, um, but so it's, yeah, it's been, a, it's, it's been, um, I frankly thought it was going to go even longer. Yeah. Cause it's so compl- a lot of complicated issues with AI and everything else. And, but, but yeah, so, um, and then we were, you know, we just went back this week and they were like, you know, nobody take any time off because we're, we're going to be cranking <laughs> right. our shows. Yeah. 
because uh, you know CBS is like you know hurting for shows. All the originals program, he's got to come back. Yeah, and right. Shows and stuff, but yeah. So it's been weird. It's been weird, definitely. That's good. So let's talk about your uh, live show, the one that you're doing this weekend at the Comedy Castle coming up here, right? Um, because okay. you will come out. I don't know what. I'm not telling them that they're expecting this, but it could definitely happen. I've seen you. Your name gets called by the MC, and you walk out of the stage door, off the stage, directly into the audience. <laughs> Direct, like not even stopping to acknowledge the applause. You're, and it's amazing. And people are like, "What? What's going on here? When yeah, did you? How did you come up with this?" Uh, I'm very needy, and uh, <laughs> if my mother hugged me two more times, we wouldn't be talking right now. I'd uh, be an accountant or a lawyer. No, you know what it is. It's it's a really great question, and I thought about it, and I think what happens is like I tend to be. Like kind of a people person. I grew up in a furniture store and my mother had me selling furniture to like blue haired ladies like when mm-hmm. I was 12. So like there's always been this whatever, like to talk to people and stuff. But then when you're on the road and you know you're a comedian yeah. and you've been on the road and whatever, like and like Bob Seger wrote of lots of people, you know, Jackson yeah. Brown, like the loneliness of the road, right? Even though you're in front of those guys, 30, 40,000 people, in my case, 100,000, you know, <laughs> I'm huge. I'm a huge baby. No. So I think what happened was I, you could go two or three days on the road and not really talk to anybody mm-hmm. except like when you go in and do some press and then you go back to your room and you're alone mm-hmm. and then you go out and then there's like 400, 500, whatever it is, people. And you're like, Oh, and then t- it was weird to me. Like I would, there's times when I won't talk to the audience and I'll go right into my set. Yeah. But more often than not, <laughs> I'm like, I get out there and I stop planning too much. Like, although I, I will write my set out. It's hilarious. I yeah. waste so much time. I write my set out for every show yeah. and I never follow it. I never <laughs> follow it. And you, I, you may have seen my notes, but yeah, it looks sure. like the writings of a guy with a manifesto who lives in the woods and drinks his own urine to survive. <laughs> like it's colors of different colored markers for different, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I get out there and it's like, I see something and I want to say it mention it and i just do and i yeah. stop like saying oh i can't do that i got to do my first joke here and i in the minute i did that that freed me up and it was made me more of me on stage mm-hmm. so um i just go with what mood that i'm in because i feel like if i do that then you're going to get the real me yeah right like you get because i feel like the jokes i feel like a good stand-up the jokes are just a vehicle to convey who you are how you think yeah. right Right. Now, there's some guys that are great at misdirection jokes, mm-hmm. which are just, you know, just but that's what they are. They're kind of it's they're great, technically great, but they're not jokes that really leave you feeling full. Whereas, you know, if you're doing a joke that's either really personal to you or maybe making a commentary about society or whatever, politics, whatever, it gives people something to chew on. So I just I don't know. So I just go out and then I see something and I'm so comfortable there and like and I've been going to the club so long, like. I know that half the times I'm seeing somebody in the audience that I, that was there last year. Oh, so yeah. I start talking to them like we're at a party. <laughs> it's a, and I, it just ends up, somebody said, it's like going to my shows, like kind of hanging out in somebody's giant basement mm-hmm. room, drinks and just, we're all talking and bullshitting. And then there's comedy in there somewhere. Like, yeah. it's kind of like that. And I like to hear these stories from people. Cause when I talk to them, I get these great stories. It's uh, like when I, I don't really call, what I do crowd work in the right, sense yeah. of me crowd work is like 
someone talks to somebody in the pretense that they really care about their hat, but they don't care about their hat. They just have a bit about a hat and they're going to talk about the hat and then make it look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just did was off the top of their head when you know it wasn't and they should be shot in the head for doing that. <laughs> that and I literally saw somebody in the night going, does anybody here watch TV? Yes, we all watch TV. <laughs> we all breathe, we all shit, and we eat. We all, okay, can we just get to the joke, right? So what I'm trying to do is not have it be like, um, and listen, I loved Rickles, but like it's not like insult. Yeah, right, yeah. It's not like the surface stuff where I'm just talking about your hat, but I don't care. And if you talk to them and you pay, you wait it out and you ask a few questions, you get the most amazing stories. I, I This was in Minnesota. I had these two women I was talking to, the lesbians, and um, <laughs> older. And yeah. I said, how did you meet? And uh, they both laughed. Like, we met at a softball game. Because <laughs> <The place laughs> yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Um, you could uh, have said, you're lesbians, you must have met at the softball game. But not, it not but it's a, it's not as big a laugh if you say it in innocent. No, and right? also yeah. then then it's kind of hacky. And yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, right. make a fun laugh. Like I had somebody at the late show the other night I was talking to, and these two guys, and they were married. I didn't do anything about the fact that they were gay. Mm-hmm. I asked them the same questions that I ask heterosexual people: How did you meet? Would you like about them? I'm not treating anybody differently, but I'm also not going to run away from it. But it'll be. It's interesting what people do. They mean well. Mm-hmm. But they do treat gay people differently than they do straight people. Mm-hmm. If you and you and your, your girlfriend or you, you, let's say you're married and yeah. I get you on stage and your wife and you say, oh, I've married 15 years. Nobody does anything. Yeah. If I get two two gay gentlemen oh, really? or two lesbians and I say they say how long they've been married, just the fact that they're married, <laughs> they all break out in applause. Like, good for you. You did it. Like, <laughs> it's like and I don't do any of that. Like everybody is treated equally in my mind. So like. So anyway, I'm talking to these lesbians and they're in the middle age. And, um, and I said, well, what happened? How did you meet? She goes, well, you know, I was married and two kids and we met at the softball game. And I realized there's another part of me that wasn't fulfilled. And I met her and she fell in love and the place is applauded. So we get divorced and now we're together in the house. And I go, what house? You know, the house that I was with, with my husband. Oh. I go, oh, where's your husband? Um, well, my kids, they live with us and where's your husband? Oh, he's sleeping in the bedroom down the hall <laughs> from where we used to sleep in. <laughs> and the place went, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and it wasn't laughing at them. It was just like, and this is the middle of America. This yeah. is not like some freak in New York, whatever. Good for them. Following night, they came back and they brought their daughters. Oh, that's nice. And I said, that's nice. Why'd you bring your daughters? And they said, well, because you didn't like just treat us normally and you didn't make fun of us or anything. And it was, yeah. you were, you thought it was really cool. And so I had another woman, this is, uh, at my, uh, Broadway show. Uh, and I said, what's your name? She goes, Nydia. I go, Lydia with an L. She goes, no, Nydia with an N. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's a unique name. How'd you get that name? Now, all I said to her was, what was your name? Yeah. Cause the other thing is like, people will, they want to talk. Yeah. Some people need to talk. Some people love that <laughs> limelight. I said, what's your name? She goes, well, Nydia, I go, I go, how'd you go? She goes, well, my father got my mother pregnant with me, but at the same time was having an affair with a woman named Nydia, so he named me after her. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> place, yeah. So, Dad. And when I was doing these shows in New York, people were like, oh, yeah, but these crazy stories, it's because it's New York. It's like, oh, no. My shows on Broadway, Times Square, I was getting people from all over the country and the world. And most of these stories, 95% of them were people that lived in 
Royal Oak mm, and yeah. Minneapolis and, you know, uh, Rhode Island, where I'm from, and parts in, in between and all that. So this idea that, like, people live these unique, crazy, whatever kind of lives you want to lead in big cities like L.A. and New York and Chicago and everybody on the suburbs is like, no, it's the people in the suburbs with a lot of time on their hands. They start to go, hey, maybe we should bring a code into the relationship or something, you know? <laughs> So, so that's kind of what, like, just, so I just go out and I, I can't help myself to not talk to them. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, um, well, it's so memorable because it's, you know, guys, cause it's now it's sort of the, the flavor of the month to be a crowd work guy on TikTok or whatever, you know, what I'm talking about these guys mm -hmm. right? and yeah. what you do and when they do it, it's usually, you know, it's so run of the mill that it's not even interesting. But I mean, I remember specific people that you've talked to in the audience mm. from years ago, you know, even shows I'll remember interactions. And I'm like, that's that sticks with you. It's different. You know, it's definitely you're becoming friends with them. It's not a uh, it's not a, a adversarial relationship. No, it's really astute of you. You know, you're not as you're really a bright guy. And, uh, <laughs> well, they don't let I anyone mean, host this podcast. I mean, I mean, you know, Ridley, Ridley says stuff about you, but I'm like, no, I think he's a bright guy. He's like, well, okay. you know. Um, by well, the way, you know, the, when the other guy quit this podcast, they had no choice but to hire me. <laughs> so I, I'm very proud of that fact that I, I am the proud second choice. <laughs> you're my first choice, buddy. Thanks, you'll man. always be. Thank you. No, you know, I think that there's a thing about like. Um, like I really, when I'm talking to them, like I really do care about the conversation. Like I'm really interested. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not surface because I think, uh, and you teach class and you, yeah. you know about a lot of this I stuff. Do. I think audiences are, may not be IQ smart, but they're intuitively smart. Yeah. They know if someone's mean, you know, it's just something about that guy. I don't know. I didn't mm -hmm. like him. I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. You know what I mean? Like my father was high school educated. High school, but they were bright. They yeah. could smell people out. They could smell a phony. Right. But if you really like, when I'm talking to somebody, and I and if my podcast uh, is just one on one, and it's all about process, you know, I have Frank Oz, who's actually the director of my show. Oh, okay, uh, that's great. Yeah, I he created did... the Muppets with it... Jim Henson. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to interject here. He made a magic show. A few years ago, I'm trying to remember Derek Delgadio show. I forget what the name of it was. Yeah, in and of itself. Oh, yeah, that was a brilliant show. Yeah, oh. he's my director. Oh, you um, got to You got the best guy then. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and so what he saw in my one, it's not a one minute show. It's it's a Broadway theater show called Permission to Speak. Is where I bring people people tell stories from their lives. There are other parts of things going on in the show, but there's a set. We have a. a rear projection screen that we're doing a huge screen that we're projecting these animation and really cool images and imagery and my set designer is a guy named jim van hagen who designs has 23 emmy awards super bowl sets olympic sets the late show set the colbert report the daily show good morning america so he's been seeing me do this and said i want to be part of this because i feel like we need a show like this because the premise of the show is if we um, we're nameless and faceless and divisive, but if we talk and share stories, we realize we have more in common than we think and we make connections and maybe we're not so divisive. It's not a political show or anything, but it's kind of what happens after the, you've seen, you've seen people go up to yeah. after my shows at the club 
and start talking to each other who didn't know each other. But I talked to them. Oh, you live over in so-and-so. My brother-in-law lives there. You work over there. My sister works over there. You know? Oh, yeah. And that really is kind of rewarding. It's like an added, it's an added plus doing the stand-up. So if they know you're not going to compromise them, be mad, be mean, they'll, they'll give you the world. And so that's really kind of all it is. And like, I think that they know that like, I'm really interested. Like I saw there was a comedian the other night. She was new in New York hosting. He was fine. Um, actually it was a guy, sorry. And, um, I forgot. What's and the he, difference? He just kept that, exactly. <laughs> just kept, I don't know. I think we're not supposed some, to think about gender yeah. anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> there's, like, there's no difference. He's a he, she, they, yeah. whatever. I can't do the they pronoun. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just can't. It's too complicated. It's like an Abbott <laughs> Costello routine. Who's <laughs> coming over? They? How many people? One. What? No. Isn't it they? Two? No. Abbott. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so um, the um, the person was going, um, <clears throat> uh, where are you from? Oh, great. Where are you from? Oh, great. Where are you from? Oh, great. It served absolutely no purpose. Mm, yeah. She, he didn't do anything with it. Yeah. He didn't go anywhere with it. It wasn't really an icebreaker. It didn't add anything to the show. And then he asked me for some like pointers and I was like, get out of the business. <laughs> Apparently you're not supposed to say that. No, I said, don't ask a question if you don't really care yeah. what the answer is. Right. Don't, don't just fill, but that, that comes with time, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's new. It's, it's nerve wracking up there. It's not easy, but, but out of the sort of the, the stuff that I do at the club and talking to the people and I, and, you know, my act is there, but I try to have the material just come into wherever the conversation is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like, if I'm going to talk about stuff about my mother, but you and I are talking about annoying bosses that we have, <clears throat> I'm not going to jam my mother's stuff there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just try to segue into some stuff that relates to that. And then, do the others and then so my order of my set always changes right which i like because then if people come back i've had people come back that same night to the second show and um because pretty much every show is different you Mm -hmm. know there's some similar material but the interactions are always so different and they could go for a while or not that long that they'll come back but if you, I think if it's really simple, like if, if they sense that I care about the conversation, then they're going to lean in and they're going to care about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a terrific show. And, and, um, uh, now what was I, so yeah, the, the permission to speak is a little different, but you're still listening. Yeah, you're doing it's, that it's, old it's thing. Theater show. We're taking that out starting in November, really? uh, starting in New Jersey. Yep. Yeah. And we're right in the process of testing the set now and it's really cool and got some music that's being scored for it and um i do a big number in the end i i have a sequin dress on and um <laughs> i do my lies a tribute don't mock I'm it not, i've not seen don't it mock it i've not you seen know, it i've seen you halloween dressed up as lies come on <laughs> if you're gonna be a public figure you need everybody needs to know it no, I'm, so um, I'm, more of a, I'm more of a Judy guy, but that's okay. You know, I'm more. <laughs> there you go. I'll go with the mom, but uh... so I, it's fun because it's like exercising uh, different muscles, you know, kind of like, and I love doing stand up, but this is like a, this is like creating a whole show, like yeah. a theater show, and there's a set and the lighting and everything else, and so my set designer I mentioned Frank, I mentioned Frank. For those listening, also is Yoda, 
the original yeah. Yoda created Yoda is the yeah. voice of Yuria and uh, to, uh, directed Bowfinger, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Little Shop of Horrors, worked with Bo- Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin, Marlon Brando, Robert De Niro, like, and he saw my show and he goes, I really want to help you with this because I think we need a show like this because it's about the humanity of people and it's raw and it's real. And he, he likes how I'm just very direct with people and I'm not, he calls me a mensch, which is for those listening, <laughs> you heard for a nice person and whatever. So, and then my animator is JJ Settlemeyer, who did all the SNL TV Funhouse animation okay, yeah. and Beavis and Butthead and Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. And he saw it and, it's all three jim my set designer frank and jj were all like this is like nobody's i've never seen a show like this um and your ability to talk to people and get them to say these things and make them comfortable and all of that and it is connecting people and they all feel like society our society's gotten so nasty and hostile that you know maybe having a show like this is a good thing not that we're changing anybody's lives but so it's really cool. To, and I like the collaborative process a lot. Okay. So I, I, as much fun as I am having doing the show itself, it's so fun to like to basically create a show from like with a blank piece of paper. Right. It came out of my act, my standup in yeah. a way, but building the set and the look of the set and you're seeing this like it's like growing a flower. It's really cool. So the process has been as rewarding as doing the show. Well, that's good to know, man. I, I'd love to see the show whenever I can. Yeah, I, but. If you got to pay, I'm not yeah, I know. Well, I'll pay. Come on, I got for those listening. Joel doesn't want to pay to go see <laughs> he, nothing, he won't even buy you a french fry at McDonald's. Oh, I don't, he oh does that thing God. like where he's checking his jacket. Oh, I left my money at home. Can I? All right, Joel. I went, no. oh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I did last time I was in New York. New York, mm. Hugh Jackman on Broadway, we went to the Music Man. Yeah, it was not a cheap ticket. Mm. The old lady wanted to go. And I said, I'm in. Let's do it. It was Christmas time. I said, let's go. Let's splurge. Oh, my God. It's a great show, but I mean, the, the money, these places. It's insane. My goodness. It's like, it's disgusting. It's you know, the, the drink, I believe our drinks were $30 each. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. At the, the Broadway then, Theater. And that's that. Yeah, that's it. Because Times Square, like yeah. three, four square blocks, you go. Literally three minutes in either direction. That same drink will be twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you're saying I have a cup now that says "The Music Man" with Hugh Jackman. It's, it's, music, right? it's in my cupboard. It's it'll be there forever. <laughs> right, exactly. For the low price of thirty dollars, right, exactly. sixty for the two. Away, when you pass away, your kids. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> Dad went to the Music Man. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, Jesus Christ. If it were an Avengers Cup, I could see well, it. But, uh, <laughs> you weren't you weren't running, but the Music Man was exactly. Well, listen, you you come back to New York. I told you we'll get yeah, to, I know. You know tickets to the Late Show. We'll hang out and uh, yeah, you know we'll uh, we'll t- paint the town red or purple <laughs> or whatever Judy Garland, whatever whatever polka dots and sequins <laughs> we can come up with. <laughs> we'll start in the village and we'll work our way we'll up. Our way up. There we go. You know, I lived. I lived in the village. You know, I went to NYU and I lived in the village. Forget about that. Yeah, we go. Don't tell mamas is actually a fun place to go. You probably went when you were there. Yeah, it's it's a little piano bar downtown in West Village. Yeah, and now I live in sort of the gay, uh, the gay epicenter of Metro Detroit in Ferndale, Michigan. I do. Really? Yeah. 
Well, you know, it's, uh, it's people are nice there. Yeah, love it's people, good. Yeah. It's yeah. all good. I got no yeah. issues. Let's do it. Come on. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> Bring on the show are. tunes. <laughs> I can I can handle it. I, you get it. You, but you, you don't see we say you do a big number at the end. Are you singing? No. What no. You crazy? no. <laughs> I have a top hat and a cane and I and I do a I do a high step number with they call them the Paulettes. You heard of the Rockets? <laughs> oh, the sure. Paulettes. The Paulettes, yeah. really? Ooh. Yeah, it's assorted homeless people that I get. <laughs> I hire in any town. I usually want uh, a tiny person. What okay. are we supposed to call them? I'm not a, you know, a, a, a small person. And then a um, one-armed syphilitic homeless person. <laughs> and then and, and uh, somebody, a woman with three breasts. If I can get that in okay. every yeah. No, I, I can't. You, you would not want to hear me sing. Somebody's like, <laughs> oh, you some, should sing. But there's yeah. comics, and I've met these guys. Like, there's one guy from New York who was like, uh, like a Broadway dancer and a singer. You ever meet him, John Marco Cerezi? You ever meet no. him? This guy, and he say, he, he goes, yeah, I, I'm not going to do an impression of what he does, but he, he goes, you know, and he's telling <laughs> jokes. He's funny comic, and then all of a sudden he's like, I was in the theater. He's like, what the. <laughs> but that's not you. I know. You didn't no. go. You didn't take that path. I know what. I know no, your path. No. I mean, I, I, uh, you know, I can act. I'm a pretty solid actor. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, tell, tell us. Tell us about that movie. I want to know more about that. Yeah, called Bonnie, Johnny and Clyde. It's a modern day version of Johnny of John of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. This one's called Johnny and Clyde, and it's about this you know young couple, and they basically Megan Fox plays an underworld boss crime boss who runs a casino and they knock over the casino and megan fox is in the movie and i'm in the movie and almost didn't happen because they wanted me to have like love scenes with megan fox i'm like wait a minute. whoa whoa come on i mean with joel yes. yeah with with her, no. you will be, yeah yeah come on he's in the epicenter of the uh and the gay, yeah, ferndale yeah we'll hang out in ferndale come on and then um we shot it and um in one of the, I had several scenes and one of the scenes I have to point a gun at somebody. Then he takes the gun from me, points it at me. Wow. And, you know, after that whole thing with the uh, Baldwin, uh, Alec Baldwin, yeah, like, yeah. like, so now we're on the set and there's a gun prop gun. And he's like, and they gather everybody around. This is a uh, location. Like, okay, everybody, here's the gun. He opens the barrel. You can see it's empty. He hands me the gun. I get the gun. I've never done this before. in movie. Yeah. Right? Okay, now just be careful where you're pointing it. And then what do I do? I immediately like pointed it. Goes, Don't point the gun. I'm like, ah. And then I pulled the trigger and shot the guy. I because he scared me because uh -huh. he yelled at me. No, no. You when you have a gun in your hand, you naturally just yeah. like, want to like point it at something. And I thought I was pointing, I go, I'm pointing it at the pole. He goes, doesn't matter. Don't point the gun. <laughs> I'm like, and then they set me up with squibs. Okay. And for those listening, squibs that when you see people get shot uh on camera. And blood goes everywhere. There's these little packets of blood that are under their clothing. And there's somebody either through a remote control or with a physical hand pump sitting on the floor next to you who squeezes the pump or the pump explodes. And that's how the blood comes out. So they took it took like two hours to put these squibs in me. And I'm more and, I, and they wanted me to die a certain way. And I'm like, if anybody knows how to die. It's me. You <laughs> see my act, my friend. I had to fall backwards in a chair, and I was more nervous about that because if I screwed up the way I was going to die, they'd have to re-squib me, add two hours. 
I wasn't worried about my lines. I was worried about that. Yeah. You know? And I had two women on the floor next to me, each <laughs> holding these like, these like, like pump balls, prying those, like, those rubber buttons. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to fuck this up. I yeah. know I am. And, um, and so, um, and then at one point, I didn't know where I was standing and I was actually stepping on the, one of the hoses that would bring the blood in. They're like, you're stepping on your hose. <laughs> I was like, this is what it's gonna be oh, like when man. I'm old. I want to step on my own hose. Step on your own hose. Yeah, that's uh, it was crazy. And so we got it in one take, but it was definitely it was really fun. Um uh, I mean I love acting and stuff because it's a different kind of thing, but he points the gun, I point the gun at him, we, we kind of wrestle, and he has the gun, and I think I'm and then boom, and it's like bang, 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 bang. And there's a chair, and I'm like, well, what if the chair moves? I'm gonna what if I sit on the arm of the chair? It's going to go right up my butt. I'm like, I'm thinking of all these things while I'm supposed to be acting. And it was just like, wow. uh, and, uh, and then I, and then I had sex with Megan. Fox. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. she's, she's seen the show, right? I mean, what, oh, she was, she's, she's been to my show. <laughs> she won't leave me alone. Please call. Please, you never write. Well, maybe we'll see yeah. her. Maybe we'll see her this weekend at the comedy cast. You might, if you so come if into you the green come, room, yeah. <laughs> The way you'll see her is bounding gag tied up. <laughs> That's the only way I would be able to get her there. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Oh, man. Well, it's going to be fun this weekend. I, we got a lot uh, going on with you. And I mean, the big the fundraiser Thursday and then uh, four yeah. shows Friday and Saturday to each. Yeah. And a bunch of TV. We're doing yeah. uh, live in the D on Friday, Fox and CBS on um, Thursday. And then um, Joanne Purton show and, Big Jim O'Brien's radio show, and you know, so we'll, yeah, people will know I'm there. Yeah, they gotta and know. Like, and this is just they'll the... be like, you know what, your your family's right, you're annoying, get out of town, please. <laughs> now nah, we want everybody to come out. I as I and and I don't, you know, I don't say this to everybody. You can listen back to past episodes of this show. <laughs> I don't say this about all the comics, but li if you want to see one of the best shows you'll ever see, come see Paul. I'm uh -huh. not shitting you. Thank it's, you, it's one of our funnest weekends. You know, we guys on the crew, we all love watching it because it's different every night and it's exciting. And, and you're a great dude and we love helping you out and putting on great shows. And Yeah, well, you guys are great, too. Thank and you. It's like, uh, it's like a home club for me. And I am trying to have people leave there in all seriousness. There's so many stand-ups and so many great stand-ups. I'm trying to have them leave there go, I never saw a show quite like that. Yeah. Like, I've seen a guy do this, or yeah. seen a guy do that, but that and that, and I and they, I want them to leave feeling like they really get a sense of who I am, which is who I am, which is I'm just up there. It's the only time in my day I'm totally free. You know, Leno said to me like <laughs> one time, I don't get, I don't get paid all this money to do what I get do on stage. I would do it for free. I get paid all this money to put up with all the craziness off stage. And you know, like there's a purity when you're on stage, like you can't, you're so focused on that moment. You don't have time to be thinking about the fight you just had with mm -hmm. your wife or the fact that your son is still living in your basement smoking weed or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> and so it's actually pretty freeing to be up there because you're just focusing on one thing. And so, but I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. That's really nice. So I'm going to psych to see you in a couple of days. Yeah, we'll, we'll have some fun. We'll see you in a couple of days and everybody get your tickets. Thanks, Paul, for doing this. Yeah. And uh, hey, folks can go check out my uh, podcast, Inside Out with oh, Paul yeah. Mercurio. And uh, guess like, Paul McCartney and Stephen Colbert, Kevin Costner, Kira Sedgwick, 
Um, so just something for every Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. I've been co-hosting his show, Star Talk, with him. So uh, he's Neil. Neil's a friend. So a lot of, you know, nice high-profile guests with really cool backgrounds that we talk about their process and how they do what they do. So it's, you know, wherever you get podcasts. I don't know if people know that there's this new thing out called podcasts. Nobody has it. Um, <laughs> They've never heard. Second, if you're wait, listening to this, you might wait, 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 wait. Yeah, my garbage man just got a podcast. And uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So people can check that out inside out with Home Curia. But I'm looking right. forward hey, to hanging, buddy. We'll go get some All right. Beer, well, t- tell your garbage man if he ever doesn't want to do any more, I'll, I'll fill in for him. <laughs> You let him know. If he just he's feeling like he needs maybe a little break, I'll, I'll fill Number two. I work yeah, cheap. Two. <laughs> All right, Paul. We'll see you, man. Thanks for talking, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, man. Bye-bye. Well, there's Paul. There it is. <laughs> if you like me not talking, you love that interview. <laughs> I'm making jokes. Paul's great. Love it. Love that man. Love uh, his act. It's different every night. Come see Paul. It's really funny. And uh, we're doing this big uh, media tour Thursday and Friday. Paul will be appearing on (laughs) pretty much every television and radio show in Metro Detroit. So if you watch uh, the nine on Fox two, he'll be on there. He'll be on live in the D I'm not, I'm not sure if this is Thursday or Friday for these shows, but uh, Paul is going to be everywhere doing that media blitz, talking to everybody, big Jim's house on CSX. Love that show. Those guys are great. Um, so yeah, Paul's going to be everywhere. I, I want to thank him for talking to me and, and please get out to the show this weekend. Come on. It's cold out. It's not even warm anymore. Fall is hit. It's inside time <laughs> in Detroit. So come see Paul Mercurio. All right. All right. Please do. He's great. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. We'll see you at the club this weekend. Come on out and we'll catch you next week on the comedy castle podcast. Thank you.